When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Rufus Wainwright performs live at the Anthem in Washington, D.C. this coming Tuesday. We spoke about his versatile career of pop and opera, including being named Rolling Stone's Best New Artist of 1998, recording Hallelujah for the Shrek soundtrack, and even donating sperm to Leonard Cohen's daughter to raise a child of his own. Hello. Hey, Rufus Wainwright. Thanks for joining us on WTOP. No problem. Hello. It's been a long t- time since I've played uh, DC, so uh, DC proper. I've done little gigs around there, but um, but yeah, no, I'm very excited to get back to our nation's capital. Are you excited to get back to touring in general? I mean, how? I mean, how? How has the last year and a half been for you? Like, what? Where does this show fall for you uh, in terms of getting back out? Yeah, I mean, for me, I, look, I, I've I have managed to stay busy throughout the entire. Uh, pandemic. Um, I, I actually needed the time to just sort of focus on, um, you know, songwriting and even practicing, you know, piano and and also working on like uh, some musicals and stuff. So so I I I, uh, I took it as a gift actually. Uh, but but yes, I I I miss traveling. I miss seeing my fans, and I do miss you know just the you know. The electricity, I guess, of, of of a live audience with a with a live performance. It, uh, it, I'm, I, so I am excited to get back out. Well, wait a second. Before you said you were working on some musicals during the pandemic. What's that about? Yes. Well, I mean, I'm I can't announce anything formally. Um, but uh, but you know, all all throughout my career, even since my first album, you know, I've constantly been asked, you know, when are you going to write a musical? <laughs> this is ridiculous. I mean, your 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 material is so you know, it's just very suited and for that for that style and 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 and, and is very much part of that tradition. So uh, so I'm now finally you know uh, taking on that uh, that challenge, and uh, I have. You know, three or four options, as is often the case in this bit in the musical business, because it is such a hard uh, monster to wrestle. And um, and yeah, I know I'm going to go wholeheartedly in that direction in the very, very near future. Great. That's exciting. We can't wait to see what the musicals are. Um, and I mean, there's so much. I mean, yeah, you can do all different sorts of mediums. We've seen you do operas. We've seen you do these Shakespeare sonnets yeah. set the music. We can get to all that in, in a little if you yeah. want. But. Um, take me first, take me back to, you know, the beginning of your music career. I mean, you were born in what, 73 uh, in New York state, but how did you get into music, yes. you know, as a kid, I guess both your parents were musicians, right? Is that what did it? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I was, um, a kind of poster child for, uh, kind of showbiz lore <laughs> in the <laughs> sense that, you know, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't quite born in a trunk or anything, but my first ever crib 
outside of the hospital was a guitar case. <laughs> so mod- my modified mother, bandwagon. Uh, yeah, you weren't born in a trunk. Yes, not yeah, quite the bandwagon. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, you know, it's more the folk folk rock version. Um, so, you know, because my mom went to the, my dad in the, in, in, in the studio after the hospital anyways, and they didn't have a crib. So they put me in a guitar case. And, uh, and, you know, from a very, very early age, I expressed, you know, a real precocious nature and, and, uh, and, and love to sing and, and perform. And, and, uh, and my mother very much, you know, um, took on the challenge, you know, and, and really enjoyed uh, that whole um, process. She loved to, te- to, to, to teach people music in general and to play music with people. So to have her son so eager, I think, was a real blessing that she took advantage of. And, uh, and, here, and here I am today. So it started really early. I then, but I, you know, and then, and then, you know, also my sister, Martha Wainwright, you know, she got into it. And then my other sister, Lucy Wainwright later, Lucy Wainwright wrote. So, so it seems to be, it's, I guess it's the family business, you know, and uh, we're all just trying to uh, keep the department store and, you know, working. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Born in a, in a, in a guitar case. I love that. Um, well, cool. Yeah. So yeah, so you have all these family influences, but when do you think you actually, when was that like pivot point from being yeah. like, okay, I'm just, you know, it's a thing my family does to you saying, you know what, I'm really, right. really going to try to take yeah. it seriously as a profession. I mean, I, you mentioned, you mentioned earlier opera. Um, you know, I, uh, I, when I was about 13 years old, I had a major, major conversion to, uh, opera. To, to a lot, it, it, I was kind of plunged into this passion for that type of music, and it was very dramatic, very intense, very very quick. You know, I just heard one piece. I was listening to Verdi's Requiem uh, when I was about thirteen, and it just I don't know. It changed my life, and and after that two hour, um, here you know that two hour kind of seance or whatever, I I I could only listen to opera and and. Uh, and and that I think was really for me the beginning of my personal journey uh, into the world of of, of music, um, and uh, and and specifically especially with songwriting because I knew very well immediately that there were so many uh, how should I say this I don't want to call them tricks but you know just just um, there's so many tools and and uh, and such a history in opera that I was that I could then you know take from and learn from and, and incorporate into my songwriting and make it into this whole other kind of um, approach. So, uh, so yeah, so I, I think really once I, once I hit the opera iceberg, um, that's when my ship sank and I, and I became who I am today. <laughs> I love that you describe it as a conversion, a seance to opera. It's almost like a, a yeah. spiritual experience for you. I love that. Oh, it was, very, it's very, it was very much a spiritual experience. In fact, I, I to this day, I, uh, I give it that that much importance, and I and I do credit opera actually with, with 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 saving my my life on on a couple of occasions. You know. Wow! 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 So you hit. You said you you hit that iceberg of opera, and then that your music career was yeah. born. Um, take us. Yeah. Remind our listener. A lot of us remember your your self titled debut. I guess it was with DreamWorks Records. Um, yes. Self-titled, uh, and I think what in 1998, and Rolling Stone says your best new artist. I mean, how how much does that just change your life and and shove you in a whole different direction? Yeah, I mean, thankfully, I wasn't 
kind of aware at the time of, of what was happening too much. I mean, I was, I was certainly excited about, you know, getting all this attention and, and about being, you know, in the, in, in the, in, in the spotlight and, 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 and having, you know, true, uh, power behind me, uh, in terms of what that meant years ago when you were on a major label. Um, but above that, I was, I think I was more concerned with the music and with the quality of the recordings and with, you know, the performance that I wanted to, to, um, you know, try to pull off. So it was, it was, um, I tended to, how can I say this? Um, my, I think my attitude was like, oh, of course, of course I'm, you know, best new artist uh, in Rolling Stone is because I am the best new artist. I mean, it didn't, it didn't seem like such a stretch to me. Um, and, and I just kind of rolled with it and, and, and stuff. And, and that's funny because I was actually identified by certain people as kind of megalomania or as a kind of conceitedness, but it actually wasn't. It was just, I was, I felt like it was just part of the process, you know, um, like, why would I be doing this if I didn't want want to be the best I can be anyway. So, but now it's funny because in looking back in hindsight, I am a little shocked at how, how much, how much opportunity I was given and how, how it did really blow up at certain moments with me. Um, not necessarily financially. I mean, I never was really on the charts or anything, but I was, I, there were some real Rufus, uh, instances, you know, in the, uh, roof instances <laughs> in the in the 90s uh that were uh that were pretty you know were very was was very interesting and i was and i was you know in the in the in the mainstream i love that you said yeah i like that i like that that outlook you know it's uh you already thought of yourself as best new artist and there was just everyone else was yeah. catching up, catching up. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah 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 yeah, but you mean you said you mentioned them in, they had some roof roof instances in the mainstream. Um, of course, yeah. I guess because because you're with DreamWorks, so that I guess that got you to do you know the Shrek soundtrack. Hallelujah yes. is like where yeah, the main yeah. everyone having that, having, having, yeah having that behind the scenes um, clout with 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 people like you know David Geffen and and Mo Austin and Lenny Walker. No, no, you I cannot uh, if I if that hadn't had hadn't have been in my corner, I, I don't think I would have been as sort of kind of th thrown into the into the mix uh, that quickly and that intensely. But I do, I still think I would have made it though. Um, right. I was pretty hell bent on uh, on climbing the you know the ladder and uh, and whether it was off of my own steam or using you know DreamWorks, I was going to get there regardless. So so uh, but yes, I was fortunately I could. Uh, I was bankrolled. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had the artistry to go with it. There's a lot of people that are bankrolled that, yeah. <laughs> that don't have any. Yeah, and, and that was actually, it's funny because that was actually made very apparent to me early on where I think at one point I might've been, you know, had a, a few moments of insecurity and, and like, why, you know, why is this going to work or why is this happening kind of thing? And, and I remember Lenny Worker specifically who did sign me. I mean, he said, you know, Rufus, I signed you because I think you have the talent and you have the ability to be a great star. I mean, that's why I did it, you know, so so and I don't do it unless I believe that. <laughs> right. So uh, so it was uh, that was that was that was good to hear. For sure. 
So when you sit down and do Hallelujah, obviously everyone knew the Leonard Cohen version and definitely yeah. the Jeff Buckley version. You've paid tribute to him yeah. in other songs. But um, this might sound like sacrilege, but I, I damn sure near might like yours the best, man. Oh. I don't know. I know that's hard to say, but how did you make that one yeah. your own su such that when, when you can play these side by side and, and yeah. folks like me might even gravitate yeah. and say, man, Rufus's might just be the yeah. best. Yeah. Well, I think I think what's interesting about my approach is that I had none in the sense that I didn't know the song. I didn't know Jeff Buckley's version. I didn't know Leonard Cohen's version. I was called in one afternoon to just put, lay it down with um, with uh, a famous producer whose name is escaping me right now. Uh, who, the guy who wrote he, he co-wrote like a virgin or something with uh, with Madonna. Anyways. Um, Anyways, but uh, it, so so yeah, because they were doing the music, the soundtrack for the film, and I just went in and did it. I think it took like an hour, and then and then it made it onto the the, the soundtrack. Didn't actually make it into the movie. Um, they they stayed with the John Cale version, uh, but it did make it on the record, and the record ended up being like such a huge success. It was one of the big albums of that period, and. Uh, and and then next thing you know, you know, people were asking me to sing it all the time. So 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 it was it was very how can I say I was very naive and sort of unintent. I had no intent, and I think that can actually be uh, kind of a, a real blessing in disguise with many things in life. You know, the minute you try for something, that's when it usually fails. <laughs> so uh, so I I was thankfully given that uh, that opportunity and and took it unwittingly. Wow. Well, one final one final point on the the Cohen connection before we move to all your all your other stuff. So I want to get into your operas and stuff. But um, our listeners might not know that didn't you um, you you had a connection a very special connection with Cohen's daughter and uh, ex ex explain explain. I mean you 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 created yeah. a life. Explain. Yes. Yeah. No. We have we have we share a, a daughter together, uh, Viva, and um, yeah. No. We're you know I've known the family for many years I, I'm quite close to to Leonard's son Adam and I and I had a very good relationship with Leonard too so so we're all from Montreal which is a big uh kind of plus and uh and you know it's just uh it created the craziness of life you know uh allowed us to uh to, to and brought us this beautiful beautiful soul who is Viva our daughter and we love her immensely and she's Never ceases to amaze everybody. To amaze everybody. Absolutely, yeah. The craziness of life, and and the beauty of technology. The fact, you know, the sperm donation. The fact that I mean, we live in a world where you can make that happen. It's it's amazing. Yeah. It really yeah. is amazing. Um. Okay. Well, so there's so many. I mean, you tackle all kinds of stuff, themes in your songs. You do a lot about love. You do a lot about. You've even you know a lot about family. Um. How'd you come up for, for instance, dinner at eight? How'd you come up with the David and Goliath comparison with you and your dad? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, my dad. You know, that's an interesting song. I wrote. I, I wrote dinner at eight after I'd had arguably the worst argument with my father ever, um, and uh, and we were in Shelter Island, New York. Uh, you know, which is near, which is in Long Island. Anyways, and. Um, and we had this big fight and I actually had to leave the house and drive back to the city that night because he didn't, you know, we didn't want to talk to each other for a long time. So I went home. Uh, I was living at the Chelsea at the time, went back there, uh, wrote dinner at eight and then magically forgot about it for about three or four years. Actually, it just sort of 
drifted away and uh and i didn't put it on you know my second album poses um but then when it came time to make want one my third my that my third album um i was just thinking about songs and and then it kind of trickled back into my mind and uh and what i had you know with the whole david and goliath thing what i had originally um stated as a sort of aggressive you know um what a, what is it an aggressive example or or allegory of 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 my father and I's troubled relationship? Um, I then, in hearing the song after several years, realized that in fact it's a love song. It's it's about reaching out. It's about like perhaps killing Goliath, but then you know maybe only injuring him and then bringing him back to life and becoming you know friends. <laughs> uh, you know, so it's um, so it's. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I recorded it, you know, after, after letting it, you know, that whole situation simmer down a, a bit because so much, so much of, of what we do with our parents is really about love and trying to connect and, and it's always good to, you know, but you don't see that immediately, obviously. <laughs> totally. Well, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for walking me through all that. That that's great. I never, I, I loved hearing the backstory there. Um, so yeah, you know, obviously parenting, family, you, you've done love a lot, foolish love, leaving for Paris. But some of the, you've done some heavier stuff too, like in terms of thematically, yeah. like addiction. I mean, cigarettes and chocolate milk, or yeah. I don't know what it is, or yeah. there's lots of addiction yeah. songs. Um, yeah. How much, yeah. how much was that catharsis for you? How much do you hope that it's helped other people listening to it? Yeah, well, I mean, I, look, I, my, I have, a, I had this amazing aunt named, Teddy, my aunt Teddy, she was she was my dad's uh, sister. She sadly passed away uh, uh, about a year ago. Anyways, but um, but she she and she was she had you know she was in recovery and and her whole thing was was you know Rufus alcoholism doesn't run in our family it gallops <laughs> oh, man. and so it's always been you know, it's it's always been around and um, you know and 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 you know there's there's been Several different members have dealt with it in several different ways. I feel very fortunate that I've been able to, um, you know, uh, I, I'm never going to say conquer it because because I think once you say you've conquered it, it's that's that's when you're you know right on the cusp of of losing again. But um, but uh, but I've I've managed to face it, shall we say, over the years, and and really you know work with it and. Um, and uh and yeah it's uh i just i consider myself very lucky i mean i mean i'm you know there's you know especially also i think you know here in la you see it a lot you know just so many people suffering from addiction and and drugs and alcohol drug and alcohol abuse and especially with covid and stuff like the homeless situation is is so out of control and you just see people really who don't have the resources who don't have the support who don't have you know the family to uh and friends to help them through it um i just feel really fortunate in the end of the day yeah well I, i'm i'm very you know hats off to you that you like you said not only beat it but you know you face it every day i guess yeah you don't want to jinx it but yeah you face it every day with courage and yeah you know it's it's i'm just it's it's nice to see how everything's turned out for you you know i guess next year or what will be 10, 10 years married your husband the german arts uh, uh yeah no yeah yes yeah we just celebrated our ninth anniversary of marriage and uh next year will be 10 we've been together for 
almost 17 years. So, so, uh, you know, as a couple, so it's, yeah, no, we're, what's the most amazing is how fast the time flies. That, that to me is the most horrific side <laughs> of this whole equation. It's just, you know, at the, at the, at the snap of a finger, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're, it's, it's been 20 years that you've been together and it just, it's just gone so quickly, which is a beautiful thing in a way, but also you know, a little scary. <laughs> well, and now anything worth doing is a little scary, right? So, yeah, I mean, well, and now you've sort of come full circle. The two of you are parenting. Like, you know, you got in those scraps with yeah. your own father. And now you two are doing the parenting and, and it's come full circle. Yeah, it's yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I, I, in terms of my own little, you know, po pocket of the world here, uh, I, I feel really great. And, um, and I'm, you know, I have nothing to complain about. Um, that being said, you know, in general is, is in trouble, <laughs> right. whether it's environmental or political stuff. And, uh, and there is a real, you know, we live in incredibly um, tumultuous times. Uh, and, uh, and I do think that uh, it's, it's going to be, it's going to get more intense before it gets uh, easier to handle. So, so it's, um, but, you know, I feel prepared. I feel and I also feel that out of this, you know, chaos will come kind of a new perspective on, on the way the world is. I mean, so many amazing things have happened, you know, whether it's and I'm part of it, you know, whether it's things like gay marriage or you know, even, even two dads being able to be, you know, uh, respected uh, as that or and, and stuff. And then, you know, and of course, you know, the, the, the then, then, you know, we, we go back 10 steps when these, you know, abortion laws come up and stuff like that. So it's very it's uh fits and starts but it's but it's uh but nonetheless you know it's uh it's a wild time to be alive it really is and such a good point yeah i mean i guess what you had the buddha judge and his you know partner they had they're raising kids now and you 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 beat them to it you know you showed them the rose but yeah like so so yeah. for every, for every depressing thing in the world there are those glimmers of hope of of what we have yeah. we have come a long way in a lot yeah. of ways too yeah. Yeah, um, we have, but there's 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 a slapback that we have to oh yes contend with so. and i think you're right i think <laughs> the chaos is going to get worse before it gets better it's just we are in it's may you live in interesting times well <laughs> yeah to say the least yes, here we are. um cool well before we run i definitely want to you know i want to turn our listeners over to make sure they check if they like your music to check out your operas too because it's such a powerful thing for you as a child you said um tell me about yes. how how rewarding was it to finally do prima donna and then hadrian after that um to you know it was something yeah. that you loved and were obsessed with as a kid um but finally to sit down and do it yourself and be respected too to get the acclaim for it that must yeah. have felt great yeah no these are great this, this this is a great chapter of my life these two operas two great chapters um you know prima donna has you know it's it's had its up and ups and downs you know it was it was by no means a critical you know, a success, but, but, but that being said, there's been seven productions of it all over the world. A lot of singers love singing it and it seems to have survived and is now starting to flourish again, which is often the case with operas. Um, operas are, uh, are famously, you know, ravaged before they, uh, before they, you know, they basically, they said the same thing about Carmen. So, so there's that. And then Hadrian, you know, we're doing Hadrian this summer in Spain. Uh, at the Teatro Real and and another place in Spain after and uh, you know so that they seem to have lives of their own now these these works and and I'm and that's about the best you could do so 
So I'm, I'm very proud of that, uh, that, that excursion that I fearlessly went out on <laughs> and survived. <laughs> oh, definitely. You not, you not only survived it, you know, they, you succeeded, my friend. So, yeah, I mean, I guess before we run, I definitely, I also want to mention the, 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 you recently, the Shakespeare sonnets project, take all my love. Yeah. Um, I guess it was for, you know, some stuff, theater stuff that Robert Wilson was doing. Um, how yeah. did you, how did you, even, was that his idea, your idea, or, or, and, and how do you even? Well, it was, I, I, yeah, I had, I had music. my mother loved the sonnets, um, and she would often read them when I was young. Um, in fact, there's a famous story in our family where, you know, I think she'd found some kind of dirty laundry when I was hitting, you know, something that I'd wiped some bodily fluids, you know, uh, some newly I, discovered I, I bodily fluids. I got fluid. you, I got you. And, uh, and she then, uh, she, she threw me a, a, a copy of the sonnets and said, you know, there's something about this in Shakespeare's sonnets. And it was the expensive spirit and a waste of shame or something. Oh so God. I, um, so, so I, so it started like that. And then, and then, you know, and then I, I just kept writing music to them. And then eventually, you know, yeah, I, we, I, we, I was asked by the Berlin Ensemble uh, in, in Germany to, uh, to do this project with Robert Wilson. And, you know, how could I say no? Well, I mean, that's not the answer I was expecting, but I, that's what these interviews are yeah. great about. How that origin of that. Interesting. Well, um, awesome. I mean, you've done it all. Yeah, the sonnets, operas, the music. I mean, you've been hits on movies, soundtracks. I mean, you've done it all. So we can't wait to see the, the musical next. I know you can't say anything about it, but uh, that, it's a good teaser. We can't wait to see it. So um, well, anyway, you. yeah. Thanks for joining us. Um, again, everyone, check out Rufus Wainwright at the Anthem in D.C. on September 28th. I appreciate it. This was, this was great. Okay, thank you. We'll catch you later. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.